Hey, soccer friends. Welcome back. This is For the Glory KC. We're bringing a mix of in-depth Kansas City soccer knowledge and a more casual perspective. I'm Chad Smith, associate editor at KCSoccerJournal.com, who's going to take you a little bit more in-depth. And I'm joined, as always, by my wife, Sheena the Snake Smith, who gives us that more casual perspective. Sheena, wrestling nickname. I mean, there was no soccer. I guess there was a draw. Should I have given you a nickname? There was a preseason game. I don't know if I deserved one. They should have been winning. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it on today's show. We're going to talk about Kellen Acosta potentially coming to Sporting Kansas City. There's a rumor out there about that. Memo Rodriguez is on trial with SKC, another midfielder. They're looking at midfielders. Uh, There we have some preseason results and maybe more interestingly, a lot of quotes from Peter Vermees kind of updating injuries and different things about players. Sheena is going to do her first bio of 2024. Marinos Janis got a single vote, which is the (laughs) most votes that anybody received uh casey current released their schedule the nwsl entirely honestly but we're going to focus on the current and there were lots of kansas city current roster moves that we have to talk about of course the digital crawl y'all but sheena as always i threw it to you to start the podcast what do you want to say what do you got for us today well i was gonna just say i'm sorry to you all for last week and giving play-by-plays of the chiefs game we're recording earlier today, so I am not distracted, and you have my undivided attention and thoughts. So sorry about last week. I think anybody who's a Chiefs fan understands why I was watching and recording a podcast. But yeah, that was really all I have in that I need to clean my office. I don't know if you could see behind Chad, but my office is a mess full of my crafting supplies. So that's on the docket for today. This is an audio medium, so no one can see you but me. And I know. No, I cannot tell that it's a mess, except for oh. I've been in that room, and I know it's a mess. Uh, I will say, I don't know that Chiefs fans understand, because they would just be watching the game and not recording the <laughs> podcast while it was going on. They'd be like, what a what a casual fan, which is so true, because I'm always saying, Sheena, can you name me five players? And sometimes <laughs> she can get to five. She never seems to name the same ones besides like Mahomes and Kelsey and things like that. And then she'd just be like, that, that guy on the defense that's really good. And I'm like, the fact that you don't know the players names and you watch every week and i don't watch and i know more players is so weird i to me. know I maybe my brain just works different i know i it takes a long time for me to remember players names so maybe next season yeah the kc current and sporting kc players know that plight when you don't know who they are whenever i reference them on the podcast so. i feel like i got sporting players down except for the ones that are now transitioning to the team Casey Current's real hit or miss. So I'm trying. Okay, you're you're casual. You're casual. You're working yeah. on it. Maybe what we do is we use the Instagram and because I always say, hey, let's do this, and Sheena's like, this would be bad content for a podcast where <laughs> you just try to remember all the players' names. But like, maybe that might make a good short or whatever they're called on the uh, like Instagram. a video. I don't even know. Yeah, is that what? The, I don't know what. I don't. I don't, you know me, I don't know technology. A reel, right. you mean? A reel. There you go. Okay. Shorts or YouTube? Yeah, I don't know. What? What would I be doing on a reel? Just naming off players. Just trying to name the players. Yeah. Okay. If, see if you can get to the end of the roster. Does anyone want to see that? I guess if uh, you want to see that, whatever. let if me know. If they don't like it, they scroll past it on Instagram. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. Okay. All right. So before we get into full-on <laughs> podcast content, as always, we would love for y'all to go out and rate and review the podcast. Spotify, it's in the app. Apple Podcasts, you can go write something as well as the five stars. It helps people find us. You know the drill. If, if you're not happy with something, but you're listening, 
give feedback to me. I'll take it uh, at play for 90 on Twitter. And just a reminder, if you are enjoying the podcast and you want to throw a little support our way, you can use the link in the description of the podcast for as little as 99 cents. Obviously you do not have to do that. We've mentioned that a time or two, but several of you are supporting us, which we appreciate. And if you have things that you want, you're like, you know, I, right now we're basically saying, Hey, give us money for, for nothing for this thing you can download for free. Uh, if you can think of something you'd like for us to do and, we're like yeah that seems reasonable we could do that then maybe we can uh, add some value to that support you know what chad a while ago somebody suggested for the glory kc merch so i could try to make merch like stickers i have i have the equipment i don't know how to do it but if people are wanting merch i could definitely make some t-shirts or stickers or whatever else for 99 cents, you're giving out t-shirts? This seems like a cost loser for us here. <laughs> I'll do stickers for 99 cents. That feels appropriate. Okay, interesting. Yeah, if, if y'all want that, you know who you are. Reach out to me. I can see the names of the support, the people that are throwing us that change. So we appreciate y'all. Let's talk some soccer, though, as we're somehow five minutes in and haven't discussed any soccer. Uh, let's talk about Kellen Acosta, Sheena. There was a rumor that came out this week from Tom Bogert in The Athletic that Kellen Acosta is being uh, is in the mix. Sporting Kansas City is in the mix for Kellen Acosta, uh, to quote him exactly there. Uh, if I don't know if y'all know Acosta, but he's a 28-year-old midfielder. He'll turn 29 this summer. He is primarily a box-to-box midfielder. Think like Roger Espinoza out there running people over in his prime. Uh, he can also play defensive midfielder. A little less so. He could maybe play where Tommy plays. He's definitely not the most like creative player. That's not really where his dynamism is going to be used. Uh, the player that plays his spot right now to get Sheena a little upset is Remy Voltaire. She has a scowl on her face at the thought of this. But let me tell you a little bit more about Acosta, then you can weigh in, Sheena. Uh, he uh. was a homegrown signing to FC Dallas back in 2012. He made his debut in 2013. Uh, he's also played for the Colorado Rapids. In the last two seasons, he spent with LAFC. You know, things went pretty well over there. Obviously, he won one MLS Cup and he was a runner up to another. He was paired with, uh, often paired with, I should say, Ilya Sanchez in the midfield. So helped Ilya be the player that we wanted him to be on Kansas City, but wasn't always because he's kind of a little slower and he couldn't play as good of defense. But Acosta covers that ground and he helps out do things that maybe Ilya wasn't doing anymore. Acosta is a fantastic set piece taker, corner kicks, long free kicks. He can really deliver a dangerous ball into the area, help create some goal-scoring opportunities that way. Uh, Before we go any deeper on that, it's Sporting chasing him along with the Colorado Rapids and the Chicago Fire, which is apparently the team he visited right at the beginning of free agency, but he hasn't signed with them yet. So maybe he doesn't want to play for bad teams. Those two teams are pretty bad. Yeah, I don't think either of them had a good record. I don't know how I feel about this. Obviously, I'm a huge Remy fan. If you've listened to the podcast, you know he's my number one player. So I think, Chad, you had told me Remy is in his final season of his current contract. So part of me is like, are they they planning for the future without Remy, which is a heartbreaking thing to think about for me. But I am not sure how I feel about this. I guess it would depend on how they're using him. If To me, if he's a, similar to Roger Espinoza, I think one of the things we lack is toughness on the field, like that physical. Jake Davis is who I think of as someone who's pretty physical. And then 
Obviously, I always thought of Roger Espinoza, but he is no longer on the team. So I I think we could afford to have somebody who's a little more physical. I'm just not sure if I'm okay with it because it's the same position as Remy, unless you have them both on the field at the same time. I am trying to think back to last season if we ever saw Roger Espinoza and Remy on the field at the same time. And obviously, I don't come like I don't think of I can't think of any examples, but I also don't remember every detail of every game like you do. So what do you remember them being on the field at the same time? Off the top of my head, I can't say for sure that they were on the field at the same time, but looking how many minutes they both played, I'm sure that they were because I do not remember every detail from every game like you think I do. I sometimes remember certain instances. Don't get me wrong. I'll be asking like a very, Sheena, do you remember this very specific instance where this one thing happened? You'd be like, no, but (laughs) I think that they could play together. So I'll kind of give you my thoughts on Acosta. I really like Acosta as a player and I'll talk about why this may or may not work, but if he were to be on the team, He's immediately in the top four midfielders on the team. No offense to Felipe Hernandez, but he pushes Felipe a little further down the depth chart. And he could be out there in Remy's spot. He could be out there in Nemanja Radoya's spot. So like Remy and him could kind of play together, covering ground in the back and take turns kind of moving forward. Tommy could stay forward more if he's the other midfielder out there. So he would instantly make this team much, much better if they signed Kellen Acosta. The problem is... The salary situation, uh, he he couldn't be like a true designated player in the sense of making, I forget the numbers off the top of my head, more north of $1.7 million because of all the complicated MLS roster rules. They can't pay him quite that much. I think the max they can pay him somewhere around like $1.5 million. And he made around $1.3 off the top of my head last season. So if he's anywhere in the neighborhood of that salary, then he would technically use up our last designated player spot and we wouldn't get to go sign a Gotti Kinder replacement, a future Johnny Russell replacement, some superstar that you could spend an unlimited amount of money on. And that's where I get a little hesitant because I think Acosta is good. I think he would make this team better. He would provide depth because Rodoya is going to miss time. It's inevitable. People are going to get hurt. You're going to need more depth. But you don't have an unlimited amount of money. Your money's already tied up. I, I threw out an idea, Sheena, that I throw out all the time, but we know is not going to really happen. If they could free up, I don't know, like 600 plus K by like buying out the <laughs> contract of Kyrie Shelton. Sorry, Kyrie, I'm always trying to get your contract bought out. Yeah. Just, who are we bidding against when we signed Kyrie to that much money? I feel like we could have offered him like 200K and he could do the things he's doing. I don't know. I'm. It is what it is. But if they could do something like that, get Acosta, use some allocation money to buy his contract down, and then still go out and sign a true designated player, then I'm like, yeah, sign this guy yesterday. That sounds like a great idea. But if he's taking up your last DP spot, you can't make a big splash in the summer. That that sucks. I don't like that at all. Like, I just don't know that. I, I think he would make the team better. But could you do something more impactful? I think the answer is yes. Well, you also mentioned Felipe Hernandez, which I kind of forgot about. Not like I forgot oh, about him, but I forgot. He's going to have to be on the bio list next week. No. Oh, my gosh. Felipe. He's one of them. You know what? We're back to just being able to call him Felipe since Goody retired. But um, yeah, I Felipe Hernandez is also somebody I think who can get kind of physical. And I feel like 
he's in a situation where he's not getting any younger. And so it's like, I feel like he deserves to be higher up on the depth chart and pushing him even further just feels like a disservice to him. Like, so I, now that I remembered, he's also in the midfield. Uh, I'm a rusty. I was pretty pissed off at sporting um, the last few weeks. So I, things kind of slipped through my my mind. But yeah, I would rather see Felipe Hernandez get that chance, like that opportunity that he's always on the cusp of and never quite gets because there's always an older player who comes in or somebody else. So I want to see him. I, I don't want Kellen Acosta. No offense to him. All right. So you're out. I'm in if it wasn't for the money. So it sounds like we We're disagree. I think that if Remy goes away, like I don't think it'd be the worst move to have Kellen. <laughs> she just got so <laughs> scowly at me because I said that he's out of contract after this year. He just had a baby last year. We saw what happened. Gotti Kendo wanted to go home. Think of, when, well, we have a unique situation. Like, uh, we're not necessarily getting a lot of help with our kid. But I think a lot of people get a lot of help from their family and, you know, parents babysit and things like oh, that yeah. and step in. Not to throw shade at my parents, but, you know, they're they're excited to not be babysitting <laughs> their, their granddaughter. So um, I think that that could be a real factor. And maybe they're getting out ahead of this. And if that's the case, then I don't think it's the worst move. If he gets signed, I'm not going to be pissed off or raging no. or angry or anything. I just a lot of people are going to come off the books at the end of this season and you can reallocate how you're spending your money. It, it wouldn't be a bad move. I just again, I don't think it would be the best move. As for the Felipe Hernandez thing, though, I think minutes are going to be there for Felipe anyways. He's not buried nearly as far down the depth chart as he was last year because he had Gutierrez ahead of him. As you mentioned, he we let him go and he's now retired. Roger Espinosa is now retired. Gotti Kinda is gone. There will be minutes. Felipe can play. Uh, I think he's more of a like-for-like like with Remy, for sure. But he can play where Eric Tommy plays. He can play that more attacking role. He played a little defensive midfielder in preseason last season. So maybe he can sub in there when you have two like that. We've talked about the double pivot, two, two defensive midfielders out there together. So I am not as out on it as you are. Do we know if he's visited with the team, like with Sporting Kansas City? Because you mentioned he had been at one of the other teams. So has he been with sporting yet? He has not visited with sporting that I'm aware of, but that doesn't mean he hasn't done it. He might've had conversations. It just could be, you know, something that hasn't been reported. Uh, thanks for Tom Boger, man. If he wasn't for him, we wouldn't know this at all and give us something to talk about for, for 10 minutes here to open the pod. Uh, I, I will say one other kind of extra context to this situation, the Colorado Rapids or the other team that's in the running for him. He was previously on Colorado and he was kind of upset with Colorado when he left and went to LAFC because they had offers overseas for him and he they turned him down. They wouldn't sell him overseas. Oh. Now he's getting towards the end of his, I mean, He's 28. It's not like he's that old. But you're you're much less likely to get sold and go play overseas the older you get, right? You want to break in when you're younger and have a chance to to move up the rankings of some of these European clubs. He might think that hurt him with the U.S. men's national team. He is still kind of on the fringe of the U.S. men's national team. I think it's theoretically possible that he would be on the roster going forward, especially with someone like Tyler Adams, who has been, gosh, the guy just doesn't have a healthy hamstring. He's had like multiple surgeries on his hamstring, which is crazy. He, he might be one of the next guys up at that spot. And he's definitely good depth. So if Sporting were to sign him, 
he would likely be away for some of these competitions that are going on in the summer, the Gold Cup, Copa America, the likelihood. Actually, is there a Gold Cup this summer? Ah, I don't remember the the rules of the Gold Cup. Now, the Olympics are for for men. It's for 23 and under players. Uh, you can have a couple overaged players on the team, but I wouldn't think they would use one of those spots on him. It'd probably be somebody else that's more like on the fringe, although he's on the fringe too. But I doubt he would be used. Why didn't Colorado want to sell him overseas? Like, what would be the reason for that? Yeah, who knows? Maybe he was too important to them. Um, there is something about when you sell players – you can only get so much money. Like he probably wasn't like a massive offer to get him. I mean, you can get you can get an unlimited amount of money if someone's willing to pay it. But maybe it was more valuable for them to trade him to LAFC, where they could get that mm-hmm. general allocation money in return, GAM as it's called, and then turn around and use that GAM on buying down other players in MLS. Colorado is one of those teams that is doing a bit of a unique strategy. They traded for a bunch of super draft picks this year and went like really heavy on the draft. And most teams are almost ignoring the draft at this point or just barely putting any resources into the draft. They're trying to work at the edges of MLS where they sign talented MLS players by trading GAM for them, general allocation money for them. Uh, although they did just sign a designated player in Jordy Mihailovic, who used to be in MLS and they could have got him for GAM for much less than they paid to buy him from overseas. So I, I don't know. But I, Colorado, he might have ill will towards them. Uh, Drew, who runs the Home and Away podcast, he did a little research and he said that uh, Colorado may be in a worse financial position to sign him than sporting are and that Chicago definitely has the most flexibility money-wise to go get him. So don't know what he's interested in. I think it's a bit of a, a red flag maybe that he went to Chicago and we're like a month into free agency and he's still chosen not to sign there. It feels like to me he's he's like, do I want to play for these losers? He'd get to play with Jordan Shakiri, which could be good. He's one of the better players in the world or was at one point in his life, but he's been pretty terrible in Chicago. Chicago's bad. Colorado are bad. Sporting are definitely the best of these three teams. I don't think there's much debate to be had around that. Chicago's really bad. I read a whole like few articles on their mess, so I personally wouldn't want to go to them. That's right. There's that writer that they're not credentialing because he yeah. wrote negative pieces. And I got to tell you, if that ever happened to me, I would be pissed because I, I try to be fair. You know, if the team is bad, like they were for the first third of last season, you got to be able to be critical and say, hey, this this team isn't good. They're not winning games like that doesn't seem like an unreasonable thing to do. So man, yeah. I digress. Any other Acosta thoughts before we talk about another midfielder? Let's just go into the other midfielder. The other midfielder. Okay, that is Memo Rodriguez, also 28 years old. He is an MLS veteran as well. He was a homegrown signing by the Houston Dynamo back in 2014. Uh, He spent some time on loan with the Charleston Battery. He actually got cut from the Dynamo and spent the 2016 season with Rio Grande Valley FC, which was their academy affiliate, or not academy, their MLS Next Pro. Well, back then it was probably the USL Championship. It was their affiliate in the minor leagues, we'll say. And then he re-signed with the Dynamo in 2017. He was with them all those seasons up until last year. He signed as a free agent with the Galaxy and then they traded him to Austin FC. So he spent about a half a season in both places. He has a pretty extensive professional career. He's played in 210 matches. This includes his like USL games. 122 starts, 10,843 minutes. But he's never broken 1,600 minutes in a season. So he's never been somebody that's putting in 2,000 plus minutes who's the starter every day but he was like a relatively consistent fringe starter for the dynamo he's had some moments where he was 
pretty prolific scoring, you know, a few goals here or there. Like I think he had seven goals in one year, five years, five in another. How I would compare him to Sporting Kansas City is I think he would be a backup for Eric Tommy. I wrote an article for this on the KC Soccer Journal, if you all are interested in going deeper, but I put out one of those FB ref football reference charts that showed him and Tommy's stats over each other. And Tommy's just like a better version of what Memo is. Like, but Memo had comparable stats for way, way, way less money. He only made about $210,000 guaranteed last season versus, you know, Tommy is a designated player making well north of a million dollars. And you only get three of those. So you need depth, you need backups. Right now, the only person on the roster that's really a backup in that spot, that like that is the spot they play, is Ozzy Cisneros, who has literally never played an MLS minute seems to have some issues with injuries off and on sheena memo rodriguez i know you're a big houston dynamo fan you probably watched many of his games scouted him probably been watching tape for the last week what do you got what have you what have you picked up ah so you've been watching and spying on me to know that i have been doing this behind the scenes no i know nothing about him outside of what you just said I I guess if Eric Tommy needs a backup, he seems like a plausible option. I guess the low minutes might be a little bit of a concern just because... Well, I mean, 1600 isn't that low. You know, like he's had some yeah. seasons where they were pretty low, but like that would be what you'd expect from a guy that's not starting all the time. And it's a better backup than the guy who has zero minutes, probably. It's true. Yeah, I'm fine with him. I don't really care. Okay. And, that, and that's kind of how I feel. <laughs> I, I think that you look at the underlying numbers and they look pretty good. If he's capable of playing the same style that Sporting play, which that's how the Dynamo played last year. Ironically, he wasn't on the Dynamo last year because they had a new coaching and he, he had left. But I, I'm okay with it. It's, it's nothing exciting, but the, Sporting are filling out the edges of their roster. They have probably one, maybe two big-ish signings left that they can make. This isn't one of them. This is a French thing, and that I would be okay with that. He played in the preseason game the other day, too, so I think that says something because the uh, other trialist, Ja'Cory Hayes, did not play. Do you want to talk about Memo, or do you want to talk about that preseason game? I can give you a little insight, Sheena. Yeah, let's just move on. I don't have any other thoughts on him. Didn't Ja'Cory Hayes already leave the team with an injury? He did. Perfect transition. So uh -huh. after Sporting KC played their second preseason game, it was a 3-3 draw with Charlotte FC. We got to talk to Peter Vermees, and that is one of the things that he said is Ja'Cory Hayes picked up some sort of injury. He was on trial, but he's now out of camp. Uh, obviously, I think that puts him out of the running to be signed, especially if they sign someone like Acosta. They're playing a similar spot, so you don't need Hayes anymore because you'd suddenly have Remy, Acosta, and Felipe Hernandez like fighting for some of those minutes there in that spot. But back to the game. Uh, Charlotte uh, got up 2 nothing. They scored in the second and the 12th minutes. Always great because Sporting actually put out their starters. Of the first the 45 minutes of the game, they played what I would say is 9 of 11 starters. The only two starters who did not play were Daniel Rosero, who is still in Colombia dealing with a green card passport stuff, trying to get that sorted out. And then Daniel Shallowy, who apparently has picked up a minor injury in preseason, and he's going to sit out for the rest of this phase one. Peter said they're just being cautious. But sometimes when he says this stuff, like we don't see a guy again for six months. So I'm hoping it's really minor and he's learned some lessons and, and it's not just 
you know, terrible injuries that they think are minor injuries that linger and linger and linger. We'll see. So I'm a little, I'm a little dismayed that the team allowed two goals in 12 minutes with basically starters out there. Jake Davis was out there. Fontas was out there. Castellanos who had replaced Rosero. So makes me nervous about Castellanos as the second, third center back, I guess. Uh, and then Tim Leibold was on the field, who we know is maybe more of an offensive left back than a defensive left back. Uh, they did come back, though. They scored. Eric Tommy got a goal before the first half ended. Uh, they made full changes at the half. Actually, they made uh, Polito was out there, and he only played 30 minutes before he was uh, replaced by Willie Agata, who did 30 minutes of his own and was replaced by Elenis Vargas. So they had out, uh, let's see here. Toronto blank all of a sudden. Steven Afrifa played left wing for Daniel Shallowy, which I thought was kind of interesting. And goals were scored very late to tie the game. Felipe Hernandez converted a penalty kick. And Sebastian Cruz, who plays for Sporting KC2, came on for Kyrie Shelton, who got injured. He only played five minutes, and then he left the game injured in the second half. Shelton was a, a second-half replacement. I said a lot of things really fast, Sheena. Anything stand out to you? Well, I'm nervous with Danny Rosero not having his green card to come back into the U.S. So that's a cause for concern because I don't feel really great about our backup defenders. And oh, go Can ahead, I add something real quick here? Sure. So Vermees did say that Rosero, quote, should have been here over a week ago, end quote. So it's something to do with Colombia. They said that other MLS players are stuck there too, trying to get their passports back from the embassy. I don't know how this all works. <laughs> so that they can get their green cards and come back into the States. <laughs> so a little context there. I think he'll be back. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, he's got to work on his fitness by himself. He's not getting to play. But he showed up and played like six days later last season when we paid and transferred transferred him in from his old Colombian team. So I'm less worried about him. I think he'll get back as long as he's not secretly hurt or something like that, which I'm entirely making that up. I don't I know nothing. I think he's fine as far as I'm aware. Okay. Well, I don't feel great about Castellanos being the starter i still feel like they should get um, a different defend like more defense like we were surprised by i think all the defenders coming back um i also was going to say that daniel shalloway being out i'm surprised that janice didn't get on the field or did he i don't i didn't hear you say his name he played in the second half. So uh, uh, Stephen Afrifa played left wing, which is interesting because we thought he was a center forward. So yeah. he, he scored a goal from left wing in the first game and he played in left wing again. I think that's good, though. That means Afrifa is going to get, uh, you know, maybe he's making an impact. That said, not great for Marino's Johnny's. Like, dude, we yeah. paid a million, million plus bucks to go get you and you you aren't the backup left winger. Are you the third string left winger now? Like, what what is going on there? Yeah. So that is interesting. Who played... Um... Who played in Polito's spot but when he wasn't in? Well, I definitely already said that, but Willie got a subbed in for him in 30 oh, minutes. Oh, you in. did. Sorry, sorry. And, and, and then Elenis Vargas subbed in for Agata for the last 30 minutes. So okay. they split that role into thirds versus most people played a half at each spot. Which is interesting that Afrifa didn't play um, in that position and they had uh, Vargas in there instead. So do we know anything about Kyrie Shelton's injury? Like, is it major? Is it minor? Do we know? We know nothing because in the post-match press conference, which it, this game happened on Friday, I was working, I couldn't go to it. No one asked about it. I don't know if they didn't realize he had subbed out, if they hadn't seen the tweets yet or whatever the case was, but no one asked. 
Okay. Well, that's an interesting development if his injury is significant and he's going to be out for some time. Let's buy him out, right? Let's just get rid of that money. (laughs) I know you you get so mad at me. (laughs) You know it's not happening. I know it's not happening. Everybody who listens knows it's not happening. That would be the second shocker of 2024 if they got rid of him. Yeah, that means Vermees obtained whatever blackmail Kyrie has, right? Isn't that your theory, that he's got some blackmail? There's something. Yeah, he has something. (laughs) Kyrie has something on PV. I don't know what it is. Yeah, because just to help you be happy about this Kyrie deal, he's guaranteed for two more seasons, 24 and 25, and then he's out of contract. Well, he has an option for 2026, so he could be around for three more seasons. It's still crazy. I don't understand it, but it's also not surprising that I don't understand a lot of what Peter Vermees is thinking. This is the one thing that I'm always like, I don't get it. Like most of the time, I'm like, I see the logic. And I even get him as a player being on the team. But at that salary, I don't understand it. Anyways, I've somehow yet again turned this into a Kyrie Shelton bashing episode. It's not. No, I mean, I understand. I think he brings a value to the team, but not for the amount they're paying for him. He's a I think he's I don't want to say great. He's a decent backup option. But for the amount he's getting paid, like he should be like starter quality. And I wouldn't say he's starter quality. Right. For 600K, you should be a rotational piece that can start on a like semi-regular basis and bring contributions. I think what he brings to the team isn't useless, right? Like he is yeah. very physical. He is fast. He can They can play a very different style if they wanted to play with him and Willie Agata on the field at the same time, or maybe even Steven Afrifa. He looks pretty quick to me. Put those three out there, and then suddenly you're running at teams. You're flying down the field. But he's just not so great at assisting and scoring and if you were getting that for 200k sign me up but 600 man the mls you just don't have a ton of money to spend and you're that's that's too much anyway so we don't know him what's going on with his injury so like you mentioned marino's janis was the backup to the backup he played in the second half i'll I'll just kind of run through the second half starters were a starters i don't know if that's the right word the second half substitutes were a wild mix of guys so you've got agata janis and shelton up front and then shelton was out five minutes in and replaced by sebastian cruz who ended up scoring he's from skc2 in the midfield you have danny flores playing defensive midfielder felipe hernandez playing that remy role and then memo rodriguez playing the tommy role then in defense it's real young guys here so no Chris Rindolph, he didn't play at all, but you instead had Ian James, who is a 15-year-old from the Academy, and Peter praised him, said he played very well. You also have Jacob Bartlett from the Academy, who played right back, because Pierre, again, did not play. I have an update on him. Uh, Robert Volader played the Fontes role, and then Zorhan Basong, our new left-back signing, played in that role. John Polskamp played goalkeeper. The, the other guys that didn't appear are going to be... Caden Pierre, as I mentioned, uh, Ozzy Cisneros, Chris Rindolph, and then, of course, Logan Ndembe. And then there's a few other guys that are on trial, like, you know, Natty Clark is an SKC2 player. The draft picks, Jonathan Robinson, left back, Ryan Shayway, the goalkeeper, none of them played. Uh, so don't want to, like, go, no one else appeared. But uh, the Pierre thing, he apparently is fully participating in training, but Vermees says they're just being very cautious. I don't know if they think they brought him back too fast last year, but remember, Sheen, I don't know if you recall this, we saw him play all five minutes that he played. Uh, Peter Rage subbed Caden Pierre into the game after Ben Sweat had botched that FC da- the game, the goal at FC Dallas. Remember the road game we went to last year in Dallas? And then 
Pierre picked up a hamstring injury, re-injured his hamstring later after he returned to training, and he never played again. He played five minutes last year, all because so Ben Sweat just like constantly coming back and haunting us by by having playing so bad that Vermees rage sub Pierre into the wrong position and then he got hurt. Yeah, that's a bummer. I do remember that. I wonder what Ben Sweat is up to these days. I know the revolution didn't extend an offer to him, so I mean, yeah, I guess I don't, I don't really know. care. I don't really care. <laughs> There's the truth. All right. So uh, I'll tell you all real quick. The, again, the goals by Eric Tommy, assisted by Jake Davis. It was a really nice combination. Sporting put this out on their Twitter. I also grabbed that and put it into the KC Soccer Journal write-up of this game. Uh, Felipe Hernandez scored that penalty kick that was earned by Alenis Vargas, and then Sebastian Cruz closed out the game with a nice shot off of Ethan Bryant's shot that was a rebound. Bryant subbed in for Memo Rodriguez. He didn't finish the game, probably you know getting up to fitness, not, not playing too much. But after the game, like I mentioned, we got to talk to Peter Vermees, we, the media, not me. I wasn't there. I was working. And... He was asked a bunch of stuff. Some of these injury updates, we just gave you the thing about Corey Hayes leaving preseason. But he was also asked about making signings. And he said they're definitely going to make a signing. He was asked about replacing Gotti Kenda. And he kind of was saying, we might sign someone like Kenda. We might sign someone else. We're definitely going to sign a midfielder. Might just end up being Memo and Acosta. Who knows? But he did say, quote, what we're not going to do is rush into something just for the sake of adding a guy end quote. So I think that is kind of interesting. I am okay with that. I would be okay if they don't even sign somebody until the summer. I know people are kind of upset. You even said last week, Sheena, I was re-listening to the podcast right before we recorded this. You said, just sign somebody, distract us from this other nonsense by making a signing. But I don't think you want to get this thing wrong. Somebody else had replied to a tweet saying, "What? just go add a designated player. We're a month into preseason. What is going on here? I, you don't want to get this wrong. If you get the DP signings wrong, you're stuck with them for three or four seasons. You might pay millions of dollars. Like, you've got to get it right. If that means we wait till the summer, Sporting proved you can be terrible for the first 10 games and it can be overcome. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be terrible. I mean, it would be, oh, God, how crazy it would be. Vermees might actually legit get himself fired if he was terrible for the first 10 games. But uh, we got to I don't know. Right. Let's just not sign somebody to sign somebody. No, I mean, I agree with that. I think last week I was still pretty bitter about the whole Wilkinson thing and Peter Vermees not addressing it. It's another week and... Not that I'm over it, because I'm not, but I'm more rational this week. And so (laughs) it's true, you don't want to screw it up, so I can wait. But I was just saying last week they should sign somebody because it would deflect off this other drama. But it seems like the drama's kind of died down. I think preseason stuff, now that Wilkinson is fired, I feel like people are now focused on preseason and kind of getting excited for the season to start. And so I... I do think you should pick the right player. You don't want to just sign anybody. So I'm fine waiting. But yeah, they can't have another 10 season no win situation again this season. Because I feel like you're on thin ice with a lot of fans. Yeah, I mean, you definitely get fired if you went 10 seasons without getting a win. I mean, 10 games in the season. (laughs) My bad, y'all. But I feel like a lot of fans are like Sporting Kansas City is on thin ice with a lot of fans. And so it would not go over well if they started the way they did last season, if 
we had a repeat. I agree. I think some people are still very angry and understandably so. Speaking of Wilkinson, he was not asked about him at all in this press conference. Uh, I I listened to oh, I listened to everything because I'm a, a psycho out here. But I was listening to that Home and Away podcast I referenced, and Drew had a really good like fan fiction idea of like how did this all come about i want to give him a shout out because he'll explain it better i won't go into all the detail but he had this idea that mike illig the kind of the managing partner owner guy who's cliff illig's kid uh who he may have made this decision to hire wilkinson and his idea was that he's on that product strategy committee that we've talked about a couple of times with merritt paulson which is the son of the owner of the Portland Timbers, all these sons of owners, like, but that have controls of the team. Uh, he said maybe Paulson pushed Wilkinson on him, and Illig was like, Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I'm getting this high performing guy who it's questionable how high performing he really was. The Portland Timbers did win some games, but it doesn't, I don't know how much of it was really Gavin and it was, you know, coaching and whatnot because he's missed on a ton of signings over there at Portland. So, um, I'm not sad about Wilkinson being gone, even if he didn't have all the other uh, nonsense. Uh, nonsense is a bad choice of words. All the kind of dark stuff in his history. But no one asked him about it. I'll be interested to see if we get a chance to talk to Mike Gillig, because I think I'm kind of coming down where I think he's the guy that made the move. Vermees maybe isn't the guy. Maybe I'm being convinced by Drew and his uh, his fan fiction. He's like, I'm I'm making this up. I don't know anything, but it feels like a plausible scenario. And that be, might be why Vermees deflected because he's like, don't make me answer for things I didn't do. The owners made a statement. Talk to the owners. Perhaps I would be curious to see what happens on the first game of the season because typically the first game of the season has more media. I I hope it's a topic that doesn't go away until we get a sufficient answer. I think we can move on and talk about soccer, but I don't think the issue goes away. And I'm telling you, all it takes is one misstep on some aspect of Sporting Kansas City and fans are going to be livid again. And there's going to be, they're going to have to address this at some point. Like Peter Vermees can put it off, but like eventually they're going to have to explain the whole situation, why they thought that was a good hire. You think so, but I think that their strategy is going to be to ignore it and hope that it goes away. I think they'll probably get questions about it. But I think Vermees has got his stance that he's going to take is that our ownership put out a statement about it. I think we'll get to talk to Jake Reed. I said last week, I don't think this was a Jake Reed decision. No. He's not the soccer guy. He's the business side. I'm thinking it's a Mike Gillick decision. Maybe I'm being a Peter Vermees apologist. Sometimes I am. I, I just, I've talked to Peter enough times. He seems like a high character person that it just feels out of character for him to irrationally make a decision like this that has gone so terribly wrong. That said, he is a stubborn person. And if he thinks he's right, he might do something that he thinks is right. Because we, we've been on to him for, gosh, a decade of sometimes poor subbing decisions and some weird tactical choices in, in critical playoff games. We talked about the Houston game. We talked about RSL a couple of years ago, three years ago. Impossible transition time. Let's talk about the kit leak that happened to Sporting KC and many, many other MLS teams over the weekend. If y'all haven't seen it, go check out the KC Soccer Journal. There's images of it on there. But EA Sports, uh, you might know them for the FIFA video games. They've recently 
recently rebranded those to the EAFC video games. They leaked out tons of MLS jerseys, potentially. I mean, I'm sure these are the kits, even though we can't officially say it. And Sporting's new secondary jersey, I think some teams might call this your road jersey, is a dark like indigo blue with what appears to be like almost black or even darker blue argyle pattern all over the front of the jersey and sheena i wanted to get your reaction to it i showed it to you yesterday when we were having lunch it leaked out on saturday what'd you think about it i think it's fine i always am a fan of argoyle so i What's like argoyles is this like argyle? a gargoyle or Argyle, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I, I was to thinking just of... pick on your. I I constantly. This is like a running joke in our house. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Sheena, but we uh, somebody wrote a review of our podcast one time saying how articulate of speakers we are. So that every time Sheena mispronounces a word, I'm just like, oh man, we're such articulate speakers around here. Anyways, you're a fan of Argyle. Argyle, sorry, I was thinking of the Smurfs and gargoyle or something i don't Garg- know gargamel i believe gargamel, is the smurf. yeah 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 so clearly i wasn't why is that in my that. brain i don't even <laughs> yeah. know why i know that okay anyways continue anyway so i like that style jersey i think the issue i have with it is that it's dark on dark and so from a distance i don't know that you're going to be able to tell kind of like the state line jerseys it's such a cool concept in theory but it just hasn't translated well into jerseys because you kind of need to do dark on light or light on dark for it. But doing dark on dark isn't the most noticeable. So it's subtle. It's not bad. I don't think from the reactions I've seen, people aren't mad about it like they were about hoops last year. So that's good. But yeah, it's fine. I wish it was more, uh, you could see it better. But that's my only complaint. Yeah, and I will say there's two two things for that. One, from competition standpoints, they want you to have like a primarily dark jersey and a primarily light jersey so that when you play another team, there isn't any sort of confusion. Imagine if the the light argyle pattern was like the sporting blue color, right? And then you play a team like NYCFC or Minnesota United who have that same or you know similar shade of blue going on there. It could cause confusion as to what jersey you're looking at, who's on whose team for offsides, for you know the referee trying to identify players, stuff like that. So I think part of it is out of the control of the team and the designers that they have to do that. That said, you and I had that same conversation about how subtle it is. I think this one's going to be more distinct than the last state line that we had for the last couple of years. That was like an embossed shiny color that you could only see if the light hit right. And admittedly, we don't know. Maybe that's how these Argyle are going to look as well, because we're looking at an image for you know, FIFA Ultimate Team or EA Ultimate Team inside of a video game that's like blurry and small. I want to reserve judgment until I get eyes on the actual release. I'm sure the poor design people inside of Sporting KC, I heard heard they were like, thanks for, we could we gave them our condolences and they were like, thanks. Because <laughs> it got leaked and, you know, obviously they want to launch this the way they want to launch it and that's been taken out of their hands. But I think it'll look much better once we get our eyes on that. But it, it may end up being very subtle. We'll see. But I think it's already a win over the state line kit that we had before. Yeah. Are we going to talk about the other kits as well for the other ones that were may or may not have been leaked? Sure. I'll have to go find that tweet and embed that into the story so that you all can see this too. So go to the KC Soccer Journal or get into the description of this podcast and you'll be able to find that tweet. What was any standing out to you from that group? 
Well, looking at it closer, because yesterday I looked at it on your phone and I couldn't really tell some of the designs. Um, Real Salt Lake, I don't know that I like it, but what I do like is that they incorporate the mountains, which is a pretty big thing for Salt Lake um, City is that they're surrounded by mountains. So I like that they incorporated mountains into their design. I think RSL. Yeah, I I agree 100%. The mountains look good, but then the, the bottom chunk of it, I'm like, Eh, I meh. think it's fine. Not, I don't feel strong. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. There's definitely way worse ones than theirs, for sure. For sure. I I think Charlotte might be one of my favorites um, with, I'm going to call it their ombre look because it is like an ombre of blue. So that one's pretty cool. Um, I love Col- Charlotte's. It's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, Colorado- Other than sporting, of course. I love sporting. Yeah. Um, Colorado Rapids is very trippy looking. Most of these are kind of boring. Honestly, DC United has a fun pattern. And um, the Seattle Sounders, they have an interesting, it's like blue pinstripe with a green background. I don't hate it. I don't love it either. And then the Red Bulls is very trippy. And I, oh, I think my, in my top three, I'm going to put CF Montreal in my top three. It's simple, but it's fun. I don't know. Yeah, I'll weigh in on those as well. I think that the yeah Red Bulls trippy is the best way to put it. The Rapids, I feel like I'm going to vomit if I look at it too long. <laughs> it's just like it reminds me of one of those pictures where you have to like cross your eyes to see the images inside of it. I, I don't like it. I think it looks terrible, but I think their colors are not great. I, I like Montreal's as well. Again, very simple, but I think it looks good. I I hate the Sounders. I think that not just the, that I hate the Sounders as a team because of that, too, but I just think their colors don't go good together like that rave green as they call it and the blue with the pinstripe pinstripe the right word because it's like they're not evenly spaced stripes i think it looks terrible just like their jersey it's replacing with a little checkered pattern in those two colors that looked terrible too i don't know i think the the green can be okay there's too much of the blue in there with it and it i don't know it looks bad to me uh but one i will give a little shout to that I kind of like, and it's really simple, is Austin FCs. Yeah. It's just, you know, just the sleeves, and it's basically like a white t-shirt other than that with their logo and stuff on it. But I don't know. It looks good. They're, you're not seeing the the full crest. You're just seeing the tree kind of on the, the chest there, it looks like, which I thought was kind of cool. And then I sort of like uh, the Philadelphia Union one because it's very yeah. in the vein of their colors. And then that uh, kind of pattern down the middle looks like a snake skin, which they have like a snake in their logo. So that felt like a good a good call to that. A lot of others that are just kind of boring. Yeah. Some people are telling me like the white caps one. It's even more boring than some of these others. Really? I, meh. Yeah, it's just like what is that dark blue with yellow on it? Do they have yellow in their colors? I don't know. I don't know what that was. Nashville's is okay. It's pretty simple. New York's is really boring to me. The uh, New York City FC, I should say. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Nothing amazing over there. I don't get the earthquakes. I'm I'm not sure if it's a retro jersey because it's so tiny, but it, it it looks like maybe the old earthquakes logo on it. Possibly, I don't know what I'm seeing there, but it's otherwise a a white t-shirt with some red trim. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Are the other teams getting new jerseys too? Or are these the only ones that are slated to get a new jersey? These are this the year? only ones I've seen in the league, but. Every team switches one of their jerseys every year. So we're only seeing 18 of them, but there's now 29 teams. So we're missing a lot of jerseys. I'm hoping there's some some standout ones still lingering out there. But yeah, some of these are 
it's pretty typical MLS. A lot of boring stuff. Yeah, they are pretty boring. Um, I like the Austin FC one too. I I like the New England. It's simple. It's just like a fun little wavy line, like down the. Th- it's better than stripes because I would say it's similar to Seattle, but Seattle has stripes and they have like a little wave. I don't know. I don't know that this makes good. Saying. I don't know that this makes good podcast talk because nobody else is seeing this. That, yeah. Yeah. You guys okay. are going to have to go pull the tweet to be able to really pull. The, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, gosh, we are talking about looking at pictures that you all aren't seeing. So if I you're think not we did this last year go, too. Yeah, yeah, it's probably yeah, better whatever. as an article where you can put the pictures right next to it. Whatever. <laughs> All right, whatever. This uh, is, uh, again, a weird transition time. Sheena, you ready to give your quick, I believe you told me it was going to be quick, Marinos Janis bio? Yeah, so there was a vote for me highlighting <laughs> Marinos. <laughs> literally a vote, one person yeah, literally. sent you a request. Uh, <laughs> But that's okay. I appreciate it. I wish I gave a shout out to who that was, but you know who you are. So thank you. I should really remember to write Twitter handler names, whatever they're called in the future. But anyways, so the reason they wanted Marinos Janis is to help me remember how to say his name correctly, because I always want Marinos sounds more like a last name to me than Janis. So here here we are. So Marinos Janis, for those who don't know, he's 22 years old. He was born on July 16th, 2001 in Nick. Cosia, Cyprus, probably saying that wrong. I apologize to those people of that city. Could have just stuck with Cyprus. Well, I should have, but I want to be proper here. I don't have a lot on him. I wanted to give you guys some fun tidbits, but I really could only find stats. So that's mostly what this is. So he's 5'7". He's been on Sporting Kansas City since 2022. He plays the forward position and he's right-footed. He signed his first contract as a professional player at the age of 15 in 2017 for Omnia, might be saying that wrong. His first year, he only had two appearances, but in the 2018 season, he was given additional opportunities. The team was like trying, they switched ownership or something, and they wanted to really utilize the youth. So he got more opportunities. And in that season, he scored three goals for the club. And then in the 2021 season, um, Janis helped Omnia win the Cypriot First Division, probably saying that wrong. Um, Cypriot, I believe is how you would Cypriot, say that word. Okay. He scored seven goals during that competition. Uh, he represented Cyprus at the U18 and U19. And then in 2020, he broke into the senior national team. And like I said, he signed with Sporting Kansas City in January of 2022 at the age of 20. He started in six of his 27 appearances. He has one goal. In total, he's played 765 minutes. So looking at his goals total in the 2017-2018 season, he had zero goals in the 2018-19 season, he had 11 appearances and three goals, which I think is probably his best season. In the 2019-2020 season, he had five appearances and zero goals, but he was in something called the National Cup, where he had three appearances and two goals. And then the 2021 season, he had 32 appearances and six goals. Okay, so this was probably his best season. And the National Cup, he had two appearances and zero goals. And then 
the 21-22 season had 15 appearances and two goals. And then I couldn't find any fun facts about him. So the only thing I have is the his EA score um, on the video game. So I call it he's mid. Uh, his potential is 69. Don't know what that means, but that's what it said. His defensive work rate is low, and it also said he does not have a real face in the game. So poor guy. Like, he's not good enough to have his face. Is that what that means? Yeah, so the EA comes out to the teams and, like, scans faces. And they, if you play, a bunch of the Sporting KC players have scanned faces because they came a few years ago and did it. But he probably wasn't on the team the last oh. time they did those face scan things. Uh, potential, by the way, is is the highest his rating can climb to in the game. I won't get super nerdy on you with the video <laughs> game stuff, but uh, EA has something called dynamic potential, which it can go up if you play really well with a player in a season. But he's never going to become, like, a world-class player the way EA has set up his his profile inside the game yeah. uh, i was cracking up the whole time she is giving fashion goes oh this is now it's best season i guess i'm like did you not pre-read this no i did and i should have bolded the, yeah i should have bolded the 2021 <laughs> season so that's really all i had i i looked through his instagram to try to find little tidbits but he doesn't really capture much he hasn't posted since last summer it was really hard to find some fun facts all right let's talk Kansas City current. So the NWSL released their schedule and the current are going to play 26 games this year. We added two more games to the regular season as they added. That's not right. Math is hard. They added two more teams. So you're playing all 13 teams twice home and away. So that's 26 regular season games. I think it actually might only be two more games. So I think you may have played somebody three times last year. Probably should have looked up my facts before I started talking. The season starts on March 16th. The home opener. That'll be the opening of CP, CPKC Stadium against the Portland Thorns yet again. I feel like we're constantly playing the Thorns. Apparently three of the last four seasons we started against the Thorns. This will be a game at noon on ABC. Ooh. The second home game, also on national television against Angel City, will be on March 30th against ESPN. Don't worry, I'm not going to read the whole schedule. There are other games that are on ION, Prime Video, CBS, CBS Sports Network, and NWSL Plus, which is a free streaming service that's going to be launched by the league. So as we wrote out in an article, or we, I wrote out in an article, it is going to be very hard to watch every single game if you don't go buy a bunch of services. Ion is free over the air. A lot of people have Prime. I don't have Prime, but I guess I'm going to have to freaking get Prime if I want to watch these current games. If they're home games, I'll just go to them. But uh, we've got CBS, CBS Sports, ESPN, ABC, NWSL Plus. Whew. It's going to be a maze to know where to get the games every year. So we'll go to the KC Soccer Journal. We'll write a preview and we'll tell you where to go every time. But Sheena, without me going further into depth, because there's a lot more details, anything leaping out at you about the schedule, about the the watching situation? Well, I'll say this. I was looking at the schedule earlier on the KC Currents website, and you have to join a wait list for any of these games because it sounds like they might be all sold out. So if you are wanting to go to a game, just know you have to be on a wait list or you're going to have to buy it probably third party from somebody. So plan ahead if you don't already have Unless season tickets. Unless you're one tickets. of the 9,500 season ticket holders, right? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you have season tickets, obviously you're fine. But if you are wanting to attend a game this season, you might want to consider are getting on the wait list now instead of later. I don't know how if they're going to just like release tickets. I don't really understand how what joining the wait list does if 
the tickets are all sold out. That's the season tickets that are sold out. So there's 2,000 tickets per game that are for sale. That said, they may have already sold those. They may not have really. I don't think they've released single game tickets yet, but I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Okay. I was looking at the schedule. I really, in my head, I think like I would like to start taking a road trip to see a Casey Current game too. And Racing Louisville was the one I had in mind in my head. They're close. I still think it's like eight hours away. I don't really know. Uh, but it's not going to work out because of when they're playing their away game. I'm probably going to be in Phoenix. So um, Chicago Red Stars is another one I was considering because they play in the summer. Chad was telling me a lot of the summer games, there's not a lot of them because of various competitions. The oh, the Olympics. So okay. That Chicago game is a home game in the summer. The road oh, game against shoot. Chicago is in November. We already had this conversation off air. You've already oh, forgotten. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. That's true. Uh, then the other game I was looking at is May 25th, the Utah Royals. Like I love Salt Lake. I have an affinity for it because I used to travel there for work. It's a really, it's a, a cool town. So, but then I have to decide because May 25th is also the Portland Timbers. Um, in you were Portland. considering that, right, as a road yeah, trip too. So I, we might have to make a decision as a family. Would we rather go to Salt Lake or Portland? And I feel like one seems superior over the other, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Portland seems like a cooler city in general, (laughs) but I think Salt Lake City is probably a fine city, even though RSL is there and I'm required to hate them by default. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, So a few extra context I'll give you. Oh, and on the ticket thing, Sheena. So I didn't look it up because I haven't had time, but I don't think single game tickets are on sale yet, but I I believe I saw they're going to give season ticket members first stab at buying extra tickets. And then I know there's that... Casey current well I mean they're paying for the right to do it don't be don't be scowling over there Sheena and then I believe I saw that if you join whatever that like special Casey current membership thing where you pay 50 bucks that puts you on the list next so I think if you're buying tickets and you're not a season ticket member or you're not on that I can't think of what that program's called right now then you're going to be like last in line to get these tickets and you might be stuck with resale or higher price tickets but I think it's cool that the demand is so high and if the demand stays high like if they are winners and they keep filling that stadium every week they're going to expand that stadium they want more money they'll make it bigger so we'll see I was going to just say I looked on um, SeatGeek because I think that's where you can buy tickets from them and there is I put in the Portland Thorn game and it says there's no tickets available yet that they're not on sale so it's telling me to come back so we're just figuring it out live in real time as we record the other scheduling thing that you were referencing is the olympics this the nwsl season's going to pause uh between july 6th and august 25th those are the two like the first and the last game after the break for the current so there'll be this huge like six seven week gap between games league games i did see a story that was talking about a potential in-season tournament they're not doing the challenge cup in the same way as they did in the past so it won't be the challenge cup because the challenge cup is now a game that's i think it's being held between the san diego wave and then the defending champions gotham but it's like a special preseason only one-off game so they gotta have something i feel like because there was a million dollars in prize money that is just vanished from these women being able to win it so if it's a tournament going on during the olympics with the players that didn't go to the olympics i think i'd be cool with that that said we probably are going to lose a a chunk of players to the olympics 
So we'll see how that plays out. We have a lot of young, talented people that could maybe get on the field at that time. The one thing that kind of irks me in the schedule making, and I, it's not the NWSL or the Casey Kearns responsibility, I guess, to go, oh, when do sporting play and let's align these games. But on April 20th, there is a big conflict. Uh, the current are hosting Bay FC at 6.30 and Sporting KC are hosting St. Louis City at 7.30. So you have to choose. You cannot do both. The opener, there's a game at the current stadium at noon, and then you could shoot over to Children's Mercy Park to watch another game later for sporting. That's fine, right? If you want to make that decision and commit your day to soccer like that, you can. It's a little bit of a bummer, though, that there's that conflict. That's the only one that like leaped out at me when I was looking at the schedule. Uh, this schedule goes a lot longer than before. Decision Day is on November 3rd at Chicago, Sheena. So that's the at Chicago game. And then uh, eight of the 14 NWSL teams will make the playoffs now. They've expanded the playoffs by two more teams. So only six teams don't make it. It really devalues the regular season because if the current can't be one of the best eight teams out of 14, man, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. And the NWSL finals pushed back quite a bit this year. It's not until November 23rd. It was on the 11th of November this past year. Any other things leaping out at you, Sheena, about the KC current schedule? No, we just got to figure out if we want to do an away game. All right, we'll work on that. So let's talk about okay. roster moves. The KC Current have done a lot since the last time we recorded a podcast. I'm going to run through these pretty quick. They signed Bia, who we previewed last week. So listen to last week's episode if you haven't heard about her. She signed on a one-year deal with a 2025 option, so it could turn into a two-year deal. She's already 30 years old, Brazilian striker, teammates with Dabinha, et cetera, et cetera. The team brought back Desiree Scott on a one-year deal. You'll remember she was on a one-year deal last year, but then never played as she recovered from an injury. Then they signed a new player that kind of came out of nowhere, Bailey Feist. This is a two-year deal. I'll give you a little bit of bio on Bailey because you might not be familiar with her. She was the 17th overall pick in the 2019 draft. That's the second round by the Washington Spirit. She played collegiately for Wake Forest. She has 53 total NWSL appearances since then. She tore her ACL in 2021, missing most of that year, and then missed a good chunk of last year, too, with injuries. Uh, she has three goals and three, three assists in her career. She's a midfielder. And in 2022, she that's her like most prolific year i would say where she played the most but it was on a bad washington spirit team that finished 11th out of 12th so that's not great <laughs> but so she seems to be a depth signing to me you're adding some depth in the midfield maybe this is a player that blacko thinks has a lot of potential but just hasn't lived up to it due to injuries i know that so many players were injured last year for the current that this doesn't super excite me to sign a player that's dealing with and coming off of an injury but I'm hopeful. Sheena, any thoughts about those three signings? Desi, Bia, Bailey, Feist? I'm with you. I'm not pumped up about signing players that are coming off injuries, but I guess we'll just wait and see how it goes once the season starts. Yeah, and preseason has uh, started for the current. They've reported they're going to be heading out to Irvine, California here from, I think they go there until the 5th of February. But as a part of that preseason roster, they have four more players listed on here. Uh, midfielder Sophie Braun, goalkeeper Brittany Eisenhower, uh, one of their goalkeepers, uh, Matt Mikowitz. I can't remember how to say her name. Uh, she didn't report yet. I think she has some sort of injury. Uh, Reagan Steigleiter. I'm sure I'm saying her name wrong. Uh, she's a fullback. I think left back, right back. And then Mallory Weber, who was on the current last year. 
had a season-ending injury, played like what was it, 14 minutes or something crazy, like came off a season-ending injury. Her first game back, she went right back into a new season-ending injury. So she's not on the roster. She is a non-roster invitee. So I don't know if any of those girls have a huge chance of making the team, but I think if one does, it's probably Sophie Braun. I wrote up a little profile for her on the KC Soccer Journal. I'll give you the really abbreviated version. She's 24 years old. She spent five years in college with Gonzaga, used that COVID year to stick around for an extra year. She was undrafted last year in the NWSL draft, but then went to play for Club Lyon in Liga MX Feminine. Uh, she is a full Argentine international. She's a dual international. She can play for the U.S. or Argentina, and she is a defensive midfielder. There was talk of the team was going to sign a U.S. player that was playing abroad. I guess this is Braun, potentially. Uh, so her and Desi Scott are really the only two players that play defensive midfield. I'm hoping that Vladko knows something and knows that Braun is capable because I don't think you can rely on Desi to play every game considering she missed every single game last year. So I'm nervous about this. This seems to be the weakest part of this team still is D-mid after trading Alex Loeta and Morgan Gautreaux. Sheena, did you read my bio? Have you thought about Sophie Braun? No, I. this is the first time I've heard her name is on this podcast. Okay. And others too, I'm sure. So let's talk about the other moves the team made. Uh, some subtractions here. Mimi Larson, who, if you'll recall, when we did our expansion draft pick, this was the only ones where like, I'm I'm comfortable with Mimi being drafted. <laughs> so she's gone. She has mutually parted ways with the Casey Current. She just didn't have a very good year. I don't know how well she was used. I don't know how much of that was her fault, but she wasn't a starter on the team she came from before. So felt weird to think that she'd come over here and be a starter. Uh, actually, just earlier today, she signed with Red Bull Leipzig in Germany. So good for her. Already found yeah. her team. That probably contributed to the, the mutual parting. I think it makes sense that Mimi's out the door. And then the other move that I don't know if this if I'm happy about this, but it's good business, at least from the current, is Cassie Miller, who was a restricted free agent. She was signed and traded to Gotham. They got $70,000 in allocation money and $30,000 in basically just money that they can use towards transferring for buying players outside the country. So pre or outside the league, I should say. So pretty good business there in the sense that she could have just left for free like Addison Merrick, but they got a sign and trade out of her, got 100K. And you can use that money on other players and you know making transfers and whatnot. And I think Gotham's getting themselves a pretty good player. I think Miller's a capable uh, goalkeeper that could be a starter in NWSL. And I don't blame her if she didn't want to sit behind AD French or battle with AD French for minutes again. It, it probably makes sense all around. I agree. I think we had discussed last week that this was probably going to happen. So I think the only thing that's new from last week is we know what team she's going to. So I hope she has more success and time on the field in New York. Eh, maybe not success, but time on the field. We don't want agreed. Yeah, let's revisit a topic from last week. Remember, we talked about CC Kaiser, and she's the, this the latest yeah. in players that had uh, been sent on their way, and we're very upset, kind of caught off guard. I think we gave our takes pretty well on last week's podcast, and I I stand behind my vision. I, I re-listened to that this morning, like I was saying. But it, you know, in in most of the soccer world. This doesn't really exist. We don't really have these situations where players can just be traded. And PJ Green of Fox 4, he got a chance during the media availability the other day to talk to 
Cammy Ashton, as well as Vladko, and talk to them about this whole CC situation. And we got a couple quotes on there. So first from Cammy, she said, quote, I think there could be a lot of debate about that on its own. But at the end of the day, that's the mechanism we work with right now in the league. And, you know, we're always as a league looking to progress and evolve. But that was how we were able to get Michelle Prince to our team in quotes, just talking about trades. And then Vlatko says, quote, we executed in the most professional manner. We help the players with the transition. We communicate promptly and on time. He went on to say, so everything was highly professional and as hard as it is, we're proud on how we executed the trade. And, you know, in this moment, like Cammy said, we did it to get better, end quote. So they seem to be saying, we told Cece she was being traded. It's not like she wasn't communicated with, which I think some people were taking her like shock as no one told her and she found out on social media or something like that. So that's definitely not the case. She was told she was traded. It's just that she really wanted to be in Kansas City. And as we talked about last week, you if you're going to trade players, you can't really tell them until it's a done deal because you don't want it to fall apart. You don't want to upset the player that they're ticked that they were like on the trade block and then you didn't trade them and now they're stuck playing on your team. Sheena, thoughts on Cammy and Vladko's comments around the trade situation? Well, I'm glad they clarified and they didn't try to like hide or refuse to answer kind of like Peter Vermees did with Gavin Wilkinson. So that's good. It It's still unfortunate, even if she was given a heads up, like I don't know. I don't really, I'm not really sure. I'm glad they addressed it though. I agree. And I think that it goes back to what you talked about last week. These players aren't paid enough to have to deal with the nonsense of trades. Like if you're an NBA player or an NFL player, even major league baseball and you get traded, you're making at least hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And the NWSL does help as Vladko referenced, right? They help transition them to new places. They help pay for housing. They help pay for a vehicle. There's stuff built into the contracts beyond just their salary, which on the surface doesn't always look that good. I'm going to go out on a limb and say a lot of people listening to this podcast make more money than many NWSL players, which is kind of wild to think about. These are like people we idolize and look up to and are they're professional athletes. But the NWSL has come a long way in pay and they have a lot of good benefits. But I think one move that they could make, and I'm going to write an editorial on this in the coming days or weeks, is let's get rid of trades. Let's not have trades. In other leagues, you don't trade players. In soccer, pretty much around the world, you do not trade players. And if you look at MLS, there aren't a lot of player trades anymore. It's kind of become a thing of the past. You trade players for money, which so it still kind of exists. But the big difference between American sports and sports in the rest of the world are You can trade somebody if you want to trade them if they don't have like a no trade clause built into their contract. But the player has to agree to a contract with the new team. You don't just inherit the old contract and take the player in. You have to agree to personal terms. So if somebody like Cece didn't want to go, she could say, no, I don't want to be traded. Or, you know, there was a thing like Lynn Williams, like they asked her like how she felt about it before she got traded and she got she was like, at first she said she didn't want to be traded. And then she called back and told the team, actually, go ahead and trade me. If you don't want me, I don't want to be here. You know, So it, it can still end in one of those situations where uh, initially you don't think you want to be traded, but just the fact that they're putting it out there. I think if the NWSL wants to be the best women's soccer league in the world, and I think that should be their goal, they should get rid of trades. I think that because we're locked under this current collective bargaining agreement for a while, that's not going to happen anytime soon. But it would be a really good thing to empower players because think of, she, you know, Emily Fox, who's on the U.S. women's national team. She played in the NWSL last year on the Courage. She's been a really good player. She decided, hey, 
I'm going to go sign in Europe for Arsenal. She's not going to get traded from Arsenal. They could sell her and she'd have to agree to a contract with a new team. But why not go to a European league where you can potentially make more money, first off? And then secondly, you don't have to worry about just being uprooted unexpectedly. So I think that could be a solution to our problems. But it's probably one the NWSL doesn't want to do because it would they would lose some of their power. If you signed a player, you're stuck with that player unless they agree to go or you pay them off to leave, buy out their contract. It's all interesting. I don't have a lot of thoughts on it, but yeah. All right. <laughs> Beautifully said, Sheena. When I write my editorial, maybe we can revisit this. I'll, I'll okay. do more research. I'll dig into all the rules okay. and how long the CBA lasts and stuff like that. Okay, okay. so time to go digital crawling here. Uh, Sheena stole the first item from the crawl. Felipe Gutierrez has retired from soccer. I know he was dealing with an injury, so he has called it quits. Uh, Wish nothing but the best for Goody and his family out there. And a little bit of like technical news here. Sporting Kansas City are moving their offices from i think it was in the crossroads if i'm not mistaken down to the river market so they're still represented in missouri they're on the missouri side of the border there that'll anger our st louis fans i'm sure we have many st louis listeners (laughs) uh former sporting kansas city fullback chance myers who's been a scout with nashville sc he is now their technical director so that's kind of cool. Maybe Sporting should have hired him as technical director instead of hiring Gavin Wilkinson as our sporting director, which are similar-ish titles. So cool. Congrats, Chance. And Sheena, here's one for you. Union Omaha. We were left this. I apologies. I didn't write down who left. We're really bad about giving people credit for stuff they tag us with I on know. Twitter. Sorry. Um, Union Omaha are building a 7,000-seat stadium on the Missouri Riverfront. Uh, no news, Sheena. The the tweet, I think it said something about no news on if Nick Hexum is going to be singing that national anthem <laughs> or not, but or if it'll be in time for his next. Is he? You told me this, right? He's singing the national anthem at a game. He is part owner, and yeah. he did agree that he would sing the national anthem, although uh, I don't think they ever announced. And it was Chris Gann who is the one who told me this on Twitter. Thanks, Chris. So. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I'm really like, I'm fascinated by Nebraska. I've never been. I've heard really great things about Lincoln and Omaha. I saw the renderings of the stadium, which I love a good stadium rendering. And it looks fantastic. Like it looks like it's going to be a a good environment. Like, did you look at all the pictures? Yeah, it looked pretty cool. Yeah, I will be going to Omaha. Rather, Nick Hexum is there or not, but I really want to go see a game there when the stadium opens. It it looks like it's going to be a whole district, um, and it it looks cool. So I like what they're doing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited, and you know me, I'm always down to go watch some soccer. So if we can go see some minor league soccer, if you'll branch out and watch teams that are not Kansas City teams, like I I remember one time we were on vacation in Southern California, and I was like, oh, we should go watch Orange County SC play. They have a cool little stadium, and you were like. I don't care about them. Why would I go to that? Are they playing <laughs> Phoenix Rising? And I was like, no. <laughs> so uh, they, maybe you'll branch out. Maybe. I, I believe they also are planning to host women's soccer there too. So I don't know if maybe they, they would be a good place for a women's team. I think we were talking about that last week. And now that I know that that's their intention, I hope they get a women's team. I mean, I think that would be cool. Omaha's not, Omaha's not too far from us. It's probably honestly closer than St. Louis might be. I might be yeah, wrong. I don't know because I'm bad at geography and I've never been there, but I will say that 
I'm not sure if that's a big enough market. Like Louisville still feels like a small market to me to have an NWSL team, but they do. And I think you're much more likely to get a team in St. Louis or some of these other big cities that don't have teams. But the USL is adding a women's league as well. I heard Phoenix Rising was trying to get a team in that league. So yeah, I'm I'm all for I want more soccer, more soccer. Like, let's give a place for these players do. to play. Of course I do. You know, who are we kidding? <laughs> uh, actually, that's a good transition because yeah. uh, former KC current midfielder, uh, 2023 draft pick Ryland Childers, who got released after the season, she signed to play in Denmark. But imagine if there were more leaks for her to stay in America. Maybe she would be a great candidate to go play for Omaha. She'd be close to home still, get a chance to improve and get better and potentially move up the the soccer pyramid, right? USL would be like a second division league and NWSL would be the first division. Give more places for these players to play at a living wage. I think that would be amazing. I don't know what they're going to get paid over there, so we'll see. Uh, The... MLS, uh, the whole referee situation, I guess it's not MLS, it's pro, which is over MLS and NWSL and parts of the USL, all these things. Uh, They are agreeing that if they don't reach a new contract by the 31st, which is a couple of days from when we're recording, they are going to go on strike. So we'll see what happens with that. I want to add a little context. I mentioned, and you were like, what? That they had a 90% pay raise built into their that they were asking for a 90% pay raise, but it wasn't for all their referees. It was for like the referees at the bottom to get a 90% raise because apparently they're making very little money in some instances. So I feel like I misrepresented that. My apologies, y'all. So I didn't read it very close. <laughs> um, in other news, Hector Herrera, she knew, you know, Ache Ache for the Houston mm-hmm. Dynamo. He has picked up an injury. He will not be playing at the beginning of the season. And that is Sporting's first opponent. So that should make that game against the Dynamo more winnable. Sweet. And we'll keep <laughs> keep going here. FC Dallas tried to move uh, Jesus Ferreira. Remember, Sheena, last year, somebody asked us a mailbag question. I'm sure you remember this. That said, hey, if you could sign one player in MLS, who would you sign? And I came up with Jesus Ferreira for FC Dallas because he's like Alan Polito, but younger, you know, and you could have that guy for years to come. Well, Russia, a team in Russia, offered $13 million to Dallas for Ferreira. He wanted to do it. Dallas wanted to do it. But MLS shut it down. And I am all for this because, first off, most places are not doing business with Russia right now because yeah. you know they invaded another country. And people were pretty mad online, like, who is MLS to shut this down, blah, blah, blah. Um, I would just ask Jesus Ferreira, has he ever heard of Brittany Griner? And does he That's want to be ex- taken yes. as a political prisoner? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of. Like, why would anybody want to go to Russia after the Brittany Griner incident? That was yeah, awful exactly. for her. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what they're thinking, but $13 million. I was like, dang, they're never going to get that much money from another team. I bet they were a little desperate because nobody wants to do business with them. So, yeah, who knows? A couple more little things here. Well, this is a huge thing if you watch international soccer, but Jurgen Klopp, the head coach, the manager would be the term they use of Liverpool, has said he is going to leave Liverpool after the season. Uh, He kind of brought them out of the doldrums. They were you know, not always great. And then he came around, he's won a Premier League title, you know, Champions League, all these different things. So Klopp is leaving. And then Sheena, your favorite segment, I bring it back every week, the messy update. Uh, 
Benjamin Kramaski. He is a teammate of Messi's on Inter Miami. He's a young guy. He's a U.S. men's national team fringe guy. I think he's like 18 or 19 years old. He's out two to three months. This is their second young player. Farias was out for, I think, the whole season. And now you got Kramaski out. The old guys holding up fine. The young guys who are supposed to do all the running and the working and allow the old guys not to play until they're broken, they're all getting hurt. Miami, I think they got to be the favorites to win some trophies, but these are important players that they're losing, and I'm going to be interested to see how they respond. Yeah, I guess that'll be interesting. I was going to propose a new topic for you, Chad. You're making me listen to Miami stuff, so I'm going to give you my weekly Chiefs update just because it's something you don't like talking this about. This might be the last one, depending on uh, how today goes. <laughs> Kickoff is pretty soon, so we got to wrap this up. But uh, just so you know, Jason Kelsey is at the game. Taylor Swift is at the game, and her hair is curly, and it's blowing the Twitter world for some reason and she has her bad bangs i'm gonna say it. i don't like taylor swift with her curly hair and i like her hair curly i don't like it with the bangs because the bangs are straight so but people are losing it that she has curly hair like i guess it means something but i don't know what it means i also don't know or care what it means but i will <laughs> say um i'm not a fan of bangs in general i think like she's yeah. obviously a pretty person but yeah, I don't know. Bangs don't look good. I don't know. Maybe somebody can. I'm sure somebody can pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Thin soccer bangs wise, are okay, but thick, like thick, not mm -hmm. as great. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's not a look that I go for. Please, if you're considering bangs, don't. Well, at least Sheena. I don't care about the rest of you. Do whatever you want with your hair, <laughs> the rest of you. But I, you know, Sheena, we're going to see each other every day. I will say, Taylor looks fine when her hair is straight with bangs. It looks way better. It's the curly or the wavy. Anyways, sorry. Move on. Oh, uh, this. Yeah, I hated this segment. Okay. <laughs> the upcoming schedule. <laughs> now you know how Sport it feels. <laughs> okay. Sporting play one more preseason game during this first phase. On Tuesday, they're going to play Nashville SC, 11 a.m. You can follow along at SKC Match Day on Twitter. If you have made it this far, gosh, we are just doing terrible at getting these pods shorter. Uh, this is shorter than last week's, barely. <laughs> but if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends to listen. We want to interact with y'all. Interact with us online at For the Glory KC on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, threads. You can email us for the glory at gmail.com. If you have questions, I can't imagine next week is going to have as much news as this week had. So who we'll needs stuff to talk about? Ask us questions, send us emails, whatever. But to play us out, here is Splitter Conspiracy and the KC Cauldron. Take care, everybody. Go Chiefs. Bye, soccer friends.